Hey, you're listening to the Quarry Podcast. Get ready to be encouraged and uplifted with us today. We've been talking a lot about topics. I really realized today I should have just turned it into a whole series just called like Christian people problems, right? That's like what all of this stuff has been about. Things that we see in Christians and honestly things that I see in myself that I need to deal with because that's not how a Christian should act. It's living far beneath what God actually intended for us and it's it's really harming us and harming the church and harming those around us. So we've been talking about some sticky stuff like unforgiveness and hatred and being unkind and, you know, making room for sin in our lives and loving sin and keeping sin around and all this stuff. So I've got at least one more night that we're going to talk about some of this stuff, okay? But I remember I told you, this is just what God is talking to me about. So you guys can just read my mail and decide if you any of it applies to your life. And maybe it doesn't, and maybe you can just pray for me if you come to that conclusion that these are just problems I have and not problems you have. Tonight's message is called People of Pride. People of Pride. I mean arrogance. I'm not talking about, like... The Lion King, I was very confused as a child. I didn't know what a pride of lions was, so I thought that the lions were literally like a proud animal, which I think that they are, but I got older and was like, that is not what pride rock meant. (laughs) It did not mean like the powerful lions. It just meant, you know, a group of lions. But we're talking about being people of pride because unfortunately, I think that is a characteristic of many Christians is that they're arrogant, right? Right? I mean... I think it's fair to say they're prideful. They think a lot of themselves and they think pretty low of other people, right? They think they're better than other people. They think they know more than other people. They think that, um, you know, they are allowed to do things because they know God, but other people can't because they're sinners or whatever. It's just this weird, weird attitude that is just kind of disgusting. And I want to look at it tonight. In 1 Peter 5, we'll start in verses 5 through 6. This is kind of our... Hallmark verses for tonight, it says this, all of you young people should obey your elders. In fact, everyone should be humble toward everyone else. Everyone should be humble toward everyone else. The scriptures say God opposes proud people, but he helps everyone who is humble. So be humble in the presence of God's mighty power, and he will honor you when the time comes. And there's a lot to unpack in this verse But one thing that I love that he kind of starts with is that everyone should be humble towards everyone else. Because there's a lot of people in this world who kind of like respect certain people, but there's definitely a lot of people that they think they're above. Like, think of it this way. I literally should be just as humble in my behavior and my attitude towards the president of the United States as I would like a four-year-old. Like, you all should be humble to everyone. This is really interesting. Normally, we're humble to the people that we like, and we're very arrogant in our attitude towards the people we don't like, right? Or we're very humble, um, you know, toward people that we're trying to impress, right? We'll kiss up to them, but then we're really disrespectful or have a really uh, low way of treating people that we feel like we're above, right? Or people that we feel like aren't important, or people that get on our nerves. No, God is saying, listen, All of you, be humble towards all of you. So I want to talk a little bit about what does it mean to be humble. And this was a commentary on those verses I read. It said this, humility is demonstrated by submission. Our culture really hates that word, literally really hates that word. Humility is demonstrated by submission. It is the ability to cheerfully put away our own agenda for God's. 
even if God's agenda is expressed through another person. It is the ability to cheerfully put away our own agenda for God's, even if God's agenda is expressed through another person. So that's what true humility is. I want to be really clear that humility doesn't mean that you um, think poorly of yourself, right? But it means that you think highly of others, no matter where they came from, no matter what situation they're in, no matter how they've treated you, no matter what position they're in. It means not that you think lowly of yourself, but that you think highly of others and you think more of others than you think of yourself. That same commentary said this, these are some marks of humility. Willingness to perform the lowest and littlest services for Jesus' sake. Consciousness of our own inability to do anything apart from God. And the willingness to be ignored of men. And that really kind of plays into servanthood, right? The Bible tells us that Jesus, even though he was king of all heaven, king of the world, perfect human, all of the above, he didn't come to be served, but he came to serve other people. And so he instructs us, hey, if you're going to be Christians, you're going to serve other people. And in order to serve others, we've got to be humble. Because listen, a lot of us like to serve people that we like, and we like to serve people when other people are watching. We like to serve people we like, and we like to serve people when people are watching. And I'll share this from my own life, an experience I had years ago. I was giving somebody a ride to church for like quite a long time, and it was somebody who lived in a very rough part of town, somebody that had a personality that could sometimes be uh, challenging. <laughs> you never knew what was going to happen. It was fun. And um, it's, this person often didn't smell good. Going to this person's house and encountering their family actually made me uncomfortable. I didn't always feel super safe. And, uh, and I picked this person up for years, and I wasn't the only one. There was other people in the church who did too. I gave this person rides to church for a very long time. <laughs> one day, one day I was driving to go get this person, and I was just irritated about it because I was like, man, I'm just, I'm out here doing this all the time. I don't even know if they care. I don't even know if anyone cares. I don't even know if anybody knows everything I put up with. Sometimes I don't know if there's been lights in my car. Sometimes I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't even know. People don't know. Nobody knows what, uh, what I'm dealing with about this. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit just interrupted me to just kind of say like, wow, love your attitude. Love your attitude. What are you, are you looking for someone to congratulate you? Are you doing this because you think other people should notice? Yeah. Uh, you know, you're talking about feeling uncomfortable around this person's family. Those are the people they have to live with. That unsafe area, that's their home. Sorry you feel a little unsettled here, dear, but they, people live there and sleep there at night. There's children in that situation. There's adults who have nothing, and there's kids who are struggling, and you're going to throw a fit because you feel like you're doing something so big. First of all, you're not the only one doing it. There's a lot of other people in this church who are helping in this situation. And second of all, why are you doing it? Why are you doing it? So you can feel good about yourself? So this was a pleasant interaction I had, and it helps me change my attitude. But at the same time, that is so many people's motivation for being humble and serving others is to just post about it or to share about it or say, well, you know, God is just using me to do this. Well, 
people don't need to know that. <laughs> people don't need to know, you know, and I was complaining about some of the things about this situation that were less than fun when that was that person's everyday real life to live in filth and to live in poverty and to live in a dangerous neighborhood. I've taken kids home literal kids and dropped them off in an apartment building that I didn't even want to walk in because it just looked super sketchy and I'm dropping kids off there at night to walk into their house. It was a good attitude check. What am I really showing up to do? Am I showing up to do something that looks good to other people or am I showing up to serve out of humility because that's what the Bible instructs me to do. You be humble to everybody. You serve Everybody, doesn't matter what they look like, doesn't matter what they smell like, doesn't matter what kind of language they're using when they walk up in church, you serve them with a humble attitude, realizing that without God, you would look just like that or worse. And you know what? Sometimes with God, I've looked just like that or worse. I mean, you know what? I might have been a little cleaner, but I had just as bad an attitude. So it's a good heart check for some of this. Are you willing to perform the lowest and littlest services for Jesus' sake? When no one sees you, when no one thanks you, when it's not a good time, when it smells bad, when the person has an obnoxious personality, right? When you are having to deal with them again and you're thinking, isn't it someone else's turn this time? No, are we willing to do those things? Are we conscious of our own inability to do anything apart from God? Sometimes Christians love to be prideful to say, with God, all things are possible. But it kind of seems like they have the attitude of just saying, because I know God, all things are possible, right? It's not just knowing God, it's working with God. Apart from him, all things are not possible. In fact, very little is possible has been my experience. I can do nothing without God. If Jesus said he could do nothing without God, then I know the same is true for me. He said, I only do what God tells me to do. I only do what my father tells me to do. He relied so heavily on God to get instruction for every part of his life. So I'm not going to fall into the trap of acting like I don't need God and like I can do anything apart from him. Humility is the willingness to be ignored by people, ignored of men. Like I said, we all feel really good when we do good things and other people see them. Right? We all feel great when someone's like, wow, I'm so proud of you. I saw that you were kind to that person. I know you volunteer here, and I know you serve these people food. But what would we do if nobody ever thanked us? What am I willing to do even if no one ever thanks me? It's willingness to be ignored. And I'll make this clarification again. This commentary said this. It was good. Humility is not self-hatred or depreciation as self-forgetfulness, but it's being truly other-centered instead of self-centered. So humility doesn't mean putting yourself down. Humility doesn't mean viewing yourself in a poor light. It doesn't mean having a poor self-image. Humility has nothing to do with looking down on yourself, but it has more to do with being other-centered versus self-centered. And this is really hard in the United States. There has been so much I've been reading that's been so good from the Bible. One commentary talked about humility as a loss of autonomy. Unpopular statement. Humility can be viewed as a loss of autonomy. 
And that is all we hear in the United States, right? We're all about you be you. You do you. You be you. You be your own person. You do what you want to do. You make the choices that are right for your life. You be you. And God is saying, no, you be mine, and you be a humble family. <laughs> you do what's best for other people. That doesn't mean you harm yourself. It doesn't mean you put yourself in situations to be harmed. But you do what's best for other people because what that message has sometimes produced in us is just selfishness. I talked about that a little last week, me trying to act like, well, I'm just doing what's best for me. Well, sometimes it's, that's not true. Sometimes I'm just being lazy, and sometimes I'm just being selfish because it's easier to do nothing than it is to help other people right? It's easier to sit at home and call it self-care than to get out there and get my hands dirty and get around people who smell bad and get around people who act nasty and serve them in humility with the love of Jesus. That takes some effort and it's going to make me a little bit uncomfortable, right? So, so many times we've been kind of just preached to by our culture, by the country about you be you. And the Bible's like, no, 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 no. You're a body. <laughs> it's not about you. It's about your part with everyone else. Your part is important, but your part doesn't stand alone. Your part fits with everybody else. Humility can be looked at as a loss of autonomy to say, you know what? It is not about me. God loves me and I'm important to him. <laughs> but I'm not the only one who's important to him. Every other person that I lay eyes on today is just as important. Humility means that I show up and serve other people and that I'm more centered on other people than I am self-centered. So I want to talk to you tonight real briefly about three things that pride will do. And all of these are bad looks for a Christian, okay? Three things pride will do in your life. Number one, pride causes us to mistreat others. Pride causes us to mistreat others. Micah 6.8 says this. Know, O people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you. Three things. To do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. To do what's right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And it's interesting. I think if you do the third one, if you really walk humbly with God, then you will do right and love mercy. But this has certainly been so true in my life. The times where I was unkind in life uh, were not only the times that I was struggling, but the times that I still just had an arrogant attitude. And it wasn't always that I thought I was better than other people, but it was arrogance enough just to be thinking I could live life without God. And that I didn't need him to fix all my problems and that I had things under control. No, those were the times in life that it was hard for me to love other people. Why? I had no humility because I wasn't walking with God. I knew God, but I wasn't walking with him and choosing humility. And the second that I decided to really make God the center of my life and humble myself before him and honestly say, this is a disaster and I need some assistance, please. Oh, man, it was so much easier to be kind and loving towards other people. And it was genuine. It wasn't an act. It wasn't me just being nice. It wasn't me trying to just be kind because I wanted people to think I was nice. It really came from a place of humility. And I think a big part of humility is seeing ourselves in a way that's honest. And again, not seeing ourselves in a way that's bad, not seeing ourselves in a way that's negative, not focusing on our shortcomings or anything, but seeing ourselves in a way that's honest, again, to say, I can't do anything without God. That is a humbling realization to say, I can't do anything without God. And as soon as you come to that conclusion and accept that reality, 
it is so much easier to serve and be humble with other people because you recognize what a life looks like without Jesus. That person's not bad, and that person's not wrong, and that person's not gross, and that person's not damaged, and that person is not all these bad things. That person is just somebody living without Jesus, which they're not designed to do. None of us are designed to live life without Jesus. That's why it goes so badly when we do that. So that attitude of humility will affect how I treat other people. Think of it this way. Your pride influences how you treat others, and your humility influences how you treat others. So if you look really honestly about how you treat people, or maybe you're good at controlling your actions, but what are the kind of thoughts you have about other people? What are the kind of things you say to your friends about other people? What are the things that go through your head? What are the judgmental things that you think? What are the opinions that you hold? Are those being influenced by pride or humility? Pride or humility. Listen to me for a second. There's some people who blame it on their personality with being easily irritated or just being annoyed or being type A or I'm like this and they're like that. No, it's just pride. <laughs> I really believe pride is what causes people to dislike other people for the most part. Yeah, right. Many situations could be resolved just with humility. A lot of times people don't like people because they're not like them. And that is not a good reason to dislike them. <laughs> that is an arrogant reason to dislike them. That means I think everyone should be just like me. And that's completely false. God made you the way that you are and gave you the personality you have. So I cannot stand here and say, well, they just annoy me. Like, we're just so different. Well, God made them that way. So he probably doesn't appreciate that opinion. You know? Yeah. These are some hard conversations I've had with myself through the years. I used to be that person who was very easily annoyed and, like, felt like I didn't like a lot of people. And at the end of the day, I had to realize, you know what? This is a me problem. <laughs> it's not them. They're not unlikable. I'm just unkind. I'm just arrogant, and I think everybody should do things the way I do, and I think everybody should act the way I act, and I think everybody should, you know, like what I like. That's 0% true. And when you adjust that and say, okay, you know what, this is arrogance. Let me choose humility instead. Let me recognize my need for Jesus. Let me recognize Jesus' love for that person that he created that I'm trying to act like I don't like. Like, Ah, it makes it really easy just to kind of like fix that. And then, you know what? All of a sudden, I liked everybody, you know? I mean, it, and I don't want to like oversimplify it, but really it was just a matter of being like, everyone doesn't need to be like me, and that's really arrogant. And when I picked up an attitude of humility, guess what? I wasn't so easily irritated. I didn't think all these people were annoying anymore. I wasn't like, you know, constantly irritated and graded on by people I needed to be around. It wasn't them. It was me. Ah, your pride influences how you treat others, but your humility also influences how you treat others. Pride causes us to mistreat people. Second thing tonight, pride makes us unteachable. Pride makes us unteachable. 1 Peter 5, 5 through 6 says this. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another, for God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. The beginning of that says, listen, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. You who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. When you accept someone's authority in your life, you're teachable, and you can learn from them. And there's nothing more dangerous than thinking that you don't need to learn from other people, right? It is so 
much wiser to go through life learning from other people than just repeating their mistakes. <laughs> we could be saved from so many mistakes if we would just learn to actually accept the advice of other people. It says, accept the authority of the elders. Accept the authority of those who are above you and who are ahead of you. And again, this is not a popular message in the United States, but the Bible says that God has placed people in the body of Christ to help us. And it's not only talking about pastors and preachers and apostles and evangelists, although it is talking about them, but there's verses that say, hey, listen, you younger people in the church, you treat the older people like moms and dads. And hey, older people in the church, you treat the younger people like younger brothers and sisters. Learn from each other. Arrogant people and prideful people are unteachable. And you guys know what I'm talking about. That person who thinks they know everything, they're like zero fun to be around. Not a good time. But even more than that, you know, it's sad because they're going to go through life struggling because of their unwillingness to learn from other people. And back to me and my attitudes, I was um, just shocked how big a difference it made in my life when I began to walk in humility, how I began to learn so much from like all kinds of people. I would just see people, maybe people that weren't my favorite, maybe people that I didn't love their personality, but when I changed my attitude, I would notice, oh wow, that person interacted with these people really well. They just handled that difficult situation really, really well. I'm taking note of that. Now I'm better at handling difficult situations, right? When you have a humble attitude, you're teachable, and that is so valuable to be able to learn from the people around you. And that's the cool thing about the body of Christ and the family of Jesus. We are surrounded in this family by people who don't look like us and by people with different backgrounds and people who came from different places. That's such a gift. People with different backgrounds can teach me things that I wouldn't have learned because I didn't have that experience, right? Your natural family is usually a lot of people just like you which is great. God gives us family, so that's no shade to them. One thing, though, that's special about a church family in the body of Christ is the ability that you have to learn from a whole lot of people who are not like you. So rather than criticize them for not being like you, why don't you take an attitude of humility and learn? I am somebody who's been successful at every job I had, not because I'm good and not because I'm that smart or talented or anything like that, but because I learned from a lot of people in church. I learned how to have great customer service from people in this church just by watching them, just by volunteering with them, just by watching how they dealt with an angry parent in the kids' class, you know, or somebody who got disgruntled over this or that. Like, I learned that. I learned how to be a hard worker in church, right? Showing up with people who didn't leave until the job was done and who stayed late to make it happen and who came early to get things set up. I learned how to be a good worker. I developed great people skills because I was around a lot of people who didn't look like me and didn't come from the place that I came from in church. And because I was able to learn in all those experiences, it's given me success in every job I've had. And again, it's not because of me. It's because of the people God brought into my life to teach me. So realize the people that surround you in your church family, they are there to teach you. Whether they're older than you or younger than you, I learn things from you guys all the time. 
All the time, I'm not kidding. Sometimes it's just like tips. Somebody recently was like looking over my shoulder while I was using my phone and they were like, why are you doing that like that? I'm like, well, I mean, I don't know because I'm old, I guess. What's, how should I be doing it? So I learned like literal tips from you guys. But I also learned how to treat other people, how to overcome adversity, how to deal with difficult things. I learned from you guys all the time. And I learned from older people in our church all the time because the Bible says, listen, be humble, submit to one another. But listen, you who are younger, accept the authority of your elders so that you can learn from them. Allow them to speak into your life. Listen, people who love you, they just want good things for you, even if they're saying something that's hard to hear. Be humble and be teachable. If they're talking to you about it, it's because they care. Be humble and be teachable because pride makes us unteachable. And in Proverbs 19, it says this, 20 through 21. Listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. For many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it's the purpose of the Lord that will stand. God is saying, listen to advice, accept instruction, and you'll gain wisdom. Listen to advice, accept instruction, and you will gain wisdom. None of those will happen if you're prideful. Your pride will keep you at a disadvantage because you're unwilling to learn. Number three, last thing tonight. Pride causes us to fall. And I'm going to read. I didn't give this to Teagues because it's a whole bunch. I'm just going to read Proverbs 16, 18 and like a lot of translations. And you guys can just soak it in. It's short and sweet, okay? Pride comes before disaster and arrogance before a fall. Pride goes before destruction and arrogance before failure. Pride is the first step towards destruction. Proud thoughts will lead you to defeat. Pride precedes a disaster, and an arrogant attitude precedes a fall. Here's the last one. It's short and sweet. Too much pride will destroy you. Pride comes before a disaster and arrogance before a fall. Prideful people will always fall. Prideful people will always fall. And it seems to like usually happen in somewhat of a public way where other people know about it, unfortunately. The Bible doesn't say in that part. I'm just saying. I've observed. Pride comes before a fall. And if we look at that verse I opened with, you don't have to go there. I'll just read it. But listen, it says, God opposes proud people, but he helps everyone who's humble. When you choose to be prideful, you're choosing to do life without the help of God. And that's why you'll fall. When you choose to be prideful, you don't qualify for God to help you. And you normally don't even think you need it, right? And it's sad, actually, because there's been huge denominations, huge churches, worldwide ministries that have all crumbled because of one person's pride. And it happened in front of the whole world. And although God will forgive and restore that person, the world probably won't. They'll probably never be able to do the things God had originally intended for them to do because their pride came before a fall. And I talked about this a little bit last week. That minister who had said, listen, I never stopped loving Jesus, but I just stopped fearing him. I didn't stop loving God. I just stopped fearing him. He had become arrogant. And that attitude of humility will keep you safe. <laughs> the attitude of being teachable, it will keep you safe. If you don't want to fail in life and you don't want to fall in life, then stay humble. Don't allow pride to take over because pride always comes before a fall and arrogance always comes before disaster. Humility allows you to receive God's help in your life. God helps the humble, but he opposes the proud, which is a really strong statement to say that God opposes the proud. But it is sad to see so many people's attitude in the church is to be so arrogant. 
because of their relationship with God, I don't know, I'm kind of like skeptical of the status of that. I'm sure they know God, but I don't know how close you are with him if it makes you be nastier to other people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they, they probably read their Bible, but I don't know. I'm not going to make judgments on them. It just is confusing to me. The better I know God, the more, um, you know, that I, <laughs> that I see my own sin, and it really helps me be kind and humble. Um, but it's just so sad and so interesting to see such an attitude of arrogance from a group of people who say that they're saved by a grace that they didn't deserve, right? That's the whole underlying foundation of what we believe is that we were lost and we were broken and we couldn't save ourselves so we needed a savior. So he came and he saved us and he did what we couldn't do. So now we're saved and now we're arrogant because we're saved? Like that, that's so confusing to see that attitude, but it can be really easy to pick up pride when you start to misplace who's done the good things in your life. You know, why am I where I am today? It's because of Jesus. Without him, I can do nothing, right? Why am I blessed? Why have I had the opportunities I've had? Why have I had the favor that I've had? You know, um, one time, this was interesting. This is embarrassing. But I'm going to tell you because it was, uh, it really helped me. And one time I was just thinking, I was very young, okay? I was like 19, probably. I hope I was that young. I'm going to just generously say it was over a decade ago. It feels like it was, but I just was like, I was just like, it's just so nice. Like so many people seem to like me. Like, I'm just really glad that like, you know, that people like me and that, you know, I, you know, that I can try to like help people. It's so nice and it's so nice and all this stuff, whatever. And uh, <laughs> God literally told me people are drawn to you because of the anointing on your life, not because of you. It has nothing to do with you. It's because of my anointing, which is attractive because the power of God is attractive to people even when they can't understand it. And it's there to minister to them and to do what you're called to do. Um, but if you want to have that attitude, that anointing can lift in a second and then you can see how much people like you. And I was like, okay. So <laughs> that was a long time ago, but... Uh, it was just such a good reminder, and it's stayed in my mind ever since, and I'm so grateful that nothing that I've done in life is because of me or because of what I've achieved or because of how good I am or smart I am or anything else. It's all because of the grace of God. It really, truly is. The success that I've had, whatever, you know, that might be, not that I'm acting like it's anything great, but just... The favor that I've had, it's just because of God's anointing. And listen, the same is true in your life. I'm not special in that regard. Every single one of us has an anointing on our life. The anointing is just the power of God to help you do what you're called to do and to minister to other people. Every single one of us have that. But listen, when you start moving forward and when the success comes in and when money starts coming in and when people like you and when people say nice things about you all the time and say, oh, you're so great at this and you're so great at that, just remember it's not about you and it's not because of you people are really kind but listen people will give you more credit than they should when things go well and people will blame you more than they should when things go poorly so you better just not worry about what people think because they're not right either time <laughs> everybody who comes up to me and says well you're so great that was so great that's not true <laughs> It's just the word of God. You know what I'm saying? I'm not great. I, nothing I'm saying is great. Nothing I'm saying is original. It came from me. It's from the word of God. 
But at the same time, those same people will sometimes criticize you for things that aren't your fault, or they will blame you, you know, for things that you couldn't control, and you've just got to learn not to listen to that either and say, listen, <laughs> I'm just here to do what God's called me to do, and I'm only doing what I'm doing because of the grace of God, and keeping that in mind will help you to be humble. So I'm going to close us out reading 1 Peter 5 one more time. All of you young people should obey your elders. In fact, everybody should be humble towards everyone else. The scriptures say God opposes proud people, but he helps everyone who's humble. So be humble in the presence of God's mighty power, and he will honor you when the time comes. So I hope this was helpful tonight. I know it was a little, a little bit unpolished and a little not out of pocket. I don't think I know how to use that phrase correctly because I used it the other day. And it didn't really land. So I'm not going to say this was out of pocket. But, you know, this was just my thoughts on what God has been talking to me about tonight. But if there's anything I could encourage you about, it is to be humble because then God's power and God's help is available to you. And we all need that. And it can pull you out of any situation. And it can fix and repair anything that you've done. And just humbling yourself and submitting to God will transform your life and make you so much happier. So I love you guys very much. Thanks for listening to this message. To learn more about what's happening at The Quarry, check us out on social media. 